0: You are listening to an RPA Production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present... Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. welcome to aaron's horror show i'm your host aaron frail on aaron's horror show we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms books movies you name it if you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show you can go ahead and contact aaron's horror show at gmail or aaron horror show on twitter or aaron's horror show on facebook thank you for listening and enjoy Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. Today, we're going to go ahead and talk about something in my favorite genre, the horror comedy. Yes, we're going to talk about Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yes, Ash versus the Evil Dead. This is the uh, TV series that Netflix has produced to give us the wonderful Bruce Campbell character, Ash. I would say spoiler alert, but really, I'm only a couple episodes into the series. I've completed three, four, I forget which one. Yeah, I'm not really that far in, but I do want to talk about it, because maybe I get to talk about it in a later episode, too, because it's a TV series, so I figure I might spend a little bit more time than uh, just one episode with it. I also got kind of excited by it, so... Uh let's first give you a history for any of you that don't know the Evil Dead series. So the Evil Dead series, I would say it's not the first B-rated horror movie that's around, but it is I would say the B-rated gold standard. So if you think about like what a B-rated more like what a B-rated horror movie could be and what sort of people strive for their B-rated horror movies to be, that's The evil dead series so the evil dead uh is essentially you know this great little uh movie that uh sort of launched bruce campbell and uh sam raimi's career uh and it's it's you know it's your quintessential uh cabin in the woods story basically you know uh bruce campbell and his buds go to this cabin and there's evil there and, and all sorts of crazy stuff happens Alright, so yeah, Evil Dead is basically this uh, movie where it's a cabin in the woods story where Bruce Campbell and all his buds go into into this cabin and all sorts of evil is there and, and crazy stuff happens. And that was the first movie. The first movie is sort of low budget, very cheesy, very innovative though for its low budget and, and that's what I mean by it's like sort of the gold standard of B-rated horror movies. I mean, B-rated horror movies have been with us for a very long time, like... You know, back in the 50s, they used to pump out these B-rated horror movies like nobody's business, and if you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which I personally am, then you probably have seen a lot of them. You probably have seen a lot of these really low-budget, really bad movies. If you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, then you probably have seen a lot of these really bad, uh, low-budget movies, uh that, you know, are sort of the B-rated horror movie genre there. And, uh you know, when you think about Evil Dead, Evil Dead is sort of like, how can you make this awesome movie by being kind of low-budget and bad, you know? And so I think that's what I mean by it's like the gold standard. And so after Evil Dead comes out, I don't think B-rated horror movies were, you know, quite looked down upon as they were before Evil Dead. So I think it really did give more respect to that genre, like like I you know and and keep in mind there is a lot of bad ones that have come out after Evil Dead. I'm not saying that B-rated horror movies suddenly became amazing, good Oscar-winning movies. I I was just I'm just thinking that more B-rated horror movie was sort of like a good, decent way to to make money. It wasn't sort of like oh, look at that sad filmmaker oh man, they're just making bad movies and they don't know it. Whereas, you know, after Evil Dead, it's sort of like, oh, they're totally intending to make this terrible movie and they love doing it and they're having so much fun. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a, a you know, there there is sort of proof and concept of you can make this sort of movie that people are going to love and not have a lot of money. And then you get Evil Dead 2, which I think is kind of funny because it's basically a remake of Evil Dead, the first one, but, uh, they got money now, <laughs> you know, like, let's make some special effects, and, and we got a lot of budget, and now we could do all sorts of fun campy things, and, you know, I know a lot of, I, I know a lot of purists will say, no, Evil Dead's the one you want, they had nothing, and they did a lot with nothing, I like Evil Dead 2 better, just because, you know, I appreciate what it did, but man they did some much cooler stuff. They did some really fun there's really fun scenes in that one. And and so I'd say, you know, if you only had time to watch one of the two, I'd actually say Evil Dead 2. It will give you a good introduction to the series and, you know, you get to see all the cool special effects. However, if you are, you know, appreciative of what film can do and 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 you really want to see like like what film uh what filmmakers are capable of then go ahead and watch evil dead one or just watch you know all three all three yes there's a third one there's army of darkness now army of darkness was my actual first introduction into the series that came out when I was a teenager and I remember uh going to see it in the theater and of course my friends and I got really excited because we really loved that movie and then we're like oh wait there's a prequel there's movies that came out before this oh my god God, 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 we'll see them you know so uh so army of darkness uh i thought was just a great campy movie uh you know it did really i think what horror comedy does best where there's a good amount of comedy to your horror and you know bruce campbell he really you know he's kind of a caricature of the tough guy so he's kind of a he's the like like the tough guy character but he's kind of a he, he's kind of the funny version of it like like a good example in 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 uh army of darkness there's this point where he's supposed to read from this book to stop all evil and and he has to memorize these words and say them exactly correctly or else bad things will happen and he doesn't really remember, and so he says the first part of it, and when he gets to the end, he does some weird, like, you know, like, like, sneeze, or coughing, or something, and, and, and and tries to sort of fake the words, and I, it's just so funny to see him, you know, (laughs) to see him do, do that, uh, uh, you know, especially when Ultimate Evil is on the line, and so, uh, You know, I really appreciate Army of Darkness, and it also came out, of course, when I was a teenager, right time, especially for a movie like that. And so, let's fast forward into the future, Ash and the Evil Dead. And so, this is now, you know, uh, middle-aged Bruce Campbell, and uh, he's still, of course, playing the same character, Ash, except, you know, he lives in a trailer park now, and he kind of... lives the sad life of working at the same store that he uh worked at in the movies and then going to pick up girls at bars and and uh you know just nothing has changed for ash and and uh it kind of starts off where you know he, he sees that the evil that has been sort of around him his whole life is is his here and chasing him and then later on he realizes he was showing this girl the book and they kind of summoned evil through it again, uh, which begs the question, of course, like if this is this evil book that can summon the ultimate evil, why did he keep it? You know what I mean? Why didn't he like, you know, bury it somewhere or, you know, set fire to, I know, I think it's indestructible. So maybe, yeah, just bury it, you know, or, or go to the middle of the Pacific ocean and tie weights to it and drop it, you know, man, like, like like, do something, like, (laughs) but, you know, once again, it's a horror comedy, so, so obviously you you want a little bit of a, a comic to it, and so, you know, what's interesting about it is I feel it does have the same sort of campiness that the first three movies in the series did, but I felt there's also something a little bit lacking that wasn't there before. Uh, and what I mean is like, like so he he gets a, a Scooby Gang, you know, a, a a a band of people that go with him. And in the original movie, of course, he's a very lone wolf type of character. Uh, whereas in this, you know, uh, this one guy named Pedro who works at the store with him who just really idolizes him uh kind of tags along and then the girl that Pedro's interested also kind of tags along cuz her parents get slaughtered by the evil uh and so he has these two people that are with him and they're supposed to be kind of the comic you know relief but not a lot of the things they do are have, have been very funny yet maybe i haven't warmed up to their characters but i feel that that, that there's just you know what I mean? Like, there's just not a lot of, uh, a lot of thought put into their characters. They just, right now, just sort of seem to have this sort of one beat or one joke, you know, like, like his, you know, sidekick of just being sort of the fanboy, uh, you know, and I, I'm, you know, I feel like when it, when it comes to sort of, comic relief characters like like i don't know i feel like they need to have a little bit of like dimension to them in the sense that that you know they can't be completely inept right whereas in this the the characters like seem completely inept like the one time the the pedro guy actually does something to to help out ash he you know acts you know he knocks out this person pulling a gun on him, but that person turns out to be a police officer and so now they're in even more trouble because they knocked out a police officer and it's like Yeah, yeah, you're you're really just a net dude, like <laughs> like you can't do anything. So I kinda like, you know, my 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 sidekicks to, to have something they can do. They don't. They they don't have to do everything. I mean, maybe they're not good at fighting, or maybe they're not good at something. But there is something that eventually they figure out. Like, like that's they do. That's their power, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I'm gonna give it a little. I'm gonna give it more. I'm gonna watch some more episodes of this and see how it is. But I just kind of wanted to give you a, a history of uh, the Evil Dead series, uh, and and say go ahead and check it out. Like if you like. If you like kind of fun, campy, let's just fight some evil and and uh, let's not really think too hard. These are great things to watch. Uh, also, there's something funny about Bruce Campbell. Like, like, especially, you know, in the new series when he's middle-aged Bruce Campbell, but still the same, you know, character he was in his 20s. Like, there's something kind of funny about that you know, it, it, it's very, uh, anachronistic in the sense that, that, uh, like it, it, it really reminds me of, of this neighbor that I had who was like, like, like kind of a road warrior. Like he rode bikes and wore leather, you know, and, 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 you know, was like, like, you know, very tough guy, but he, he was, you know, and, we, you know, we would, like, you know, go and drink beer, and he was, like, a, a man's man, you know, but it's funny, because he was in his 60s, and it was just, like, you know what I mean, like, like it's it's just, uh, you know, and it, I'm not saying anyone in their 60s can't ride bikes or drink beer or do any of that, like, more power to you, you know what I mean, like, go for it, I'm just saying that it's it's just no longer, like, that image of of the you know person in leather riding bikes and stuff like that is sort of no longer the tough guy image right like it's a it the the tough it's a tough guy out of a different time and that's where I find this like you know ash and the and the evil dead it's a tough guy out of a different time so it's a completely different era of tough guy you know like like you know like the tough guy of 2018 is is something completely different you know like like look at you know like like batman for example like like you know in the in the batman series like it was christian bale you know like like he's kind of a skinny dude and and sort of like slick and stuff like that you know whereas you know the the ash tough guy or my neighbor they're this like rough and tumble you know like like you know like roadhouse you know sort of sort of like a uh, like tough guy and so you know it, 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 there's something very interesting about that it's it, it's very interesting to me how like the image of the tough guy changes like like you know if you go and watch any arnold schwarzenegger movie from the 80s like every dude is going to be this giant like herculean you know person whereas like if you watch like like predators i think that movie came out sometime in the late you know 2000s or something and so the first predator had all these like big tough guys you know eating cigars or or and stuff like that whereas like you know in in the one that came out in the 2000 predators it was like adrian brody you know like this really thin guy like like you know in the 80s they would have like laughed at him or or cast like adrian brody as like the like like the 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 wayfish sidekick you know what i mean and that's like such a different image of, of of what that is and and so you know that's what i mean it's like like i don't know our our ideas change throughout time of what we consider you know to to be the tough guy and so you know it's interesting when you suddenly see something that's out of time but made last year, you know, so I, I find that kind of interesting, it's the same thing of my neighbor, like, he's just out of time, man, he's just, like, he's back in the 60s, and he's always going to be in the 60s, and more power to him, man, like, if you never left the 60s, go for it, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's, yeah, there's something to be said for that, so anyways... Let's go ahead and listen to some tuners. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm still eliciting responses to see if people want to hear Orion. I'd be happy to read Orion. I know it's not necessarily horror, but yeah, man, if you want to go ahead and and hear Orion, uh, let me know. Uh, Yeah, but for right now, go ahead and uh, we'll hear some tuners. Chapter 12. John thought training would involve learning some awesome moves with an ancient, wise martial arts instructor. Instead, it involved John sitting in a pretty empty classroom while Patel lectured about multiverses. John was so bored to tears, he practically fell asleep. You have to pay attention, Patel said. This is important stuff to learn. It may save your life one day. When do I get my own phone? It is called a dooding fork. 3.62.83B, or TF3 for short. What's it run, like Android? It runs it on an operating system very close to your Android, but still, you cannot tune until you're ready to go on missions. There's a lot of material to cover. John didn't want to hear her start lecturing again. He didn't know if he could take anymore. His brain was so overloaded. So, I saw blades bounce off you. Is that like a magic trick? When do I get to learn stuff like that? They aren't superpowers. I am from a universe where the normal state of matter is much denser than yours. My skin may be thick as diamonds in yours, but I bleed like anyone else in mine. Oh, so what's my superpower? Tuning is a superpower in itself. One in a billion. Yeah, yeah. That's what you say to the kid who is picked last for the team. There has to be something. I'm afraid you come from an average universe. You may be faster and stronger on others, but equally weaker and slower. On others still. So you're saying I got nothing? Most people come from an average universe. Most tuners have no superpowers, as you put it, Patel said. Well, oh, ma'am, John said, when do we get a break? There is so much to cover. We still haven't went over quantum physical gravity equations yet. John sighed. This was going to be a long day. The next day was a little better. He met with DeAndre and Meathook in a decked out gym. The exercise equipment was like nothing he had seen before. Some stuff he recognized like weight sets and treadmills. However, others he couldn't begin to tell what it was for. There was something that looked more like a blob than a workout device. Welcome to the pain lab, Meathook said. Dude, that's a stupid name, DeAndre said. Punishment Ink? No. Sweat your b- Okay, 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 he, he gets it, DeAndre said. So Meat Hook will do your resistance training, and I'll be giving you hand-to-hand basics. Like martial arts, John said. He always wanted to get into martial arts, but his parents thought it was too violent. Kinda, mostly weapons. Weapons? DeAndre grinned and pressed a button on the wall. A panel opened up with padded versions of just about every type of sword, mace, polearm, bow, hammer, and every low-tech weapon available. John grinned. This is gonna be cool. DeAndre thwacked John to the ground for what felt like the 20th time that day. John groaned and didn't get up right away. DeAndre held his hand out and said, Had enough? John held his hand up and said, How do you move that fast? How do you know that you aren't the one that's moving slow? DeAndre said and helped John to his feet. If you want to see something impressive, you gotta do weight training with Meat Hook next. Gravity’s out of control in his home universe. DeAndre wasn’t lying. The weight machines were these infinite devices. John wasn’t quite sure how they worked, but there were these bars that would suspend in midair. There was a dial for the weight and John could only move the bar if he had the physical strength to move it. When Meathook dialed the bar to over 5,000 pounds, John could not move the thing even by putting all of his weight on it. When Meathook dialed the bar to over five thousand pounds, John could not move the thing even by putting all his weight on it. Meathook bench-pressed the bar like it was nothing. John was going to have his work cut out for him. Later that night, he was sore from not only the weights but from the beatings from DeAndre. Padded or not, John wanted to do nothing but shower and fall asleep. His plans of going to bed early would not come to fruition as Abby stood outside his door. She was looking down at her TF3. It was a little girl with brown hair and a school uniform like the one that Abby had. The girl in the picture was wearing a jacket that was too big for her. Who's that? John asked. She's my sister. Do you always make a habit of creeping up on people? You're standing in front of my door. Abby looked up at the unit number. Oh yeah, sorry. This unit has been vacant for a long time now. She walked down the hallway to the next door down and waved her hand. It would open for her. Wait, John said, you're my neighbor? You never heard of co-ed habitation? John could feel himself blush. No, it's just that we usually separate the girls and the guys in my universe. This was not built in your universe. You'll find things are different here. You have cardio with me in the gym in the morning and tech training with Ludie in the afternoon tomorrow. Tomorrow wasn't going to be a bad day after all. At least the first half of it. John nodded and said, I guess I better get to sleep. Oh no, Abby said. It's karaoke night tonight in the crew lounge and everyone's going to be there, including you. Before John could protest, Abby walked into a room and the door shut behind her. Now John was going to lose sleep and embarrass himself. He had done stupider stuff for a girl joining a multi-universe covert ops group for one thing. All right, that was Tuners. So I'm going to go ahead and leave you with a, a little nugget of wisdom that I learned in my film watching today. If you ever have a book of ultimate evil, just don't read from it. That's the one time I recommend... That's the one time I recommend don't read right all right so real paranormal activity is on mondays i'm on tuesdays terry's mysterious moment is on wednesdays and the Sandman's man's lullaby you'll just have to see it when it comes out